throughout yeah. all of these movies pretty much is the way the way women are depicted is like emblematic of the sort of like world that these movies are depicting or trying to convey and so it's like pretty much every gangster film is in some way like exploring this at least the american gangster ones a lot of the ones we're going to be talking about are exploring this like Mm -hmm. crime world that in some way relates to a vision of masculinity or like masculinity a certain vision of masculinity is like a part of that world Welcome to Cinema of Meaning, the podcast that seeks to explore the depths of what cinema has to offer. My name is Tom, you may know me as the creator of Like Stories of Old, and I'm joined by my fellow video essayist, Thomas Flight, to welcome you back to our Gangster Cinema series, in which we cover the evolution of gangster movies throughout the decades. Last week we started our journey in the 1970s with The Godfather, And today we're moving into the 80s with Brian De Palma's Scarface. If you want to follow along with us, see what other gangster movies are coming up and discuss them with us and other listeners, be sure to join us on our Discord server. You can find the link for that in the description. Thomas, one thing I thought about this week is that I don't remember us uh, having done even like a proper definition of the gangster movie in right. the last episode because that I was looking at some other movies of like the 80s and coming up some other gangster movies especially in the uh, early 2000s which um, to me feels like an era that doesn't really have that uh, like a very defining gangster movie like we have the 70s um, The Godfather the 80s Scarface those are all pretty obvious in my opinion even though there's other uh, especially in the 80s there's some other movies as well that um, you could have considered but anyways I was just thinking like what really sets the gangster movie apart from like a a more general crime movie or right or I'm guessing like within the crime genre like what does the gangster movie specifically mean or what does it what sets it apart yeah for you uh, that's an interesting question. And I think, you know, there's maybe the broader definition of gangster movie. And then there's kind of probably what most of the movies will be talking about fit into, which is, I think, a little bit of a narrower, uh, like we're, what we're most, what we will mostly be examining is kind of mob films, even within the gangster film genre. So, You know, I think there's this like gray area between a crime movie and like a mob movie. Mm. Uh, And a lot of the ones that we are talking about are going to be in more of that stereotypical like mobster film range. Um, But yeah, there's some there's some weird gray area there even. Uh, And I think for me, what what defines this genre is is that element of kind of looking at organized crime not just an individual criminal working alone but crime is a part of a system of crime so you either start with a criminal who's like working their way into an established like organized crime sphere 
or you have you start within that you know with the guy at the top or something but you, mm. you know it's about this world where you know there's a set of rules or there's an established culture or whatever and you're kind of looking at crime within that world um and then also examining kind of like we talked about before like potentially why that that specific organized crime exists like what are the socio-political like uh you know factors that led to its existence mm -hmm. i i think those are some of the things that gangster films in my mind are most interesting when they're exploring um and then usually like uh, usually you're tied to a specific character within that um and their journey but it's their journey like into or through sort of like this pre-existing world i think yeah that's that's kind of my off the cuff like mm -hmm. uh, way that i've been thinking about it uh thinking about this series and the movies we've watched so far and and what we're, we're planning to watch but what do you think of when you think of the gangster film and where where do those lines fall yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I think it's definitely be, gonna be fun to find like the specific tropes uh of the genre along the way and maybe by the end yeah. of it we can look back and decide by the numbers which gangster movie is the most gangster movie right right sure um <laughs> but yeah i think I, I i generally associate it also with this rise and fall structure where there's yeah. someone who begins at the bottom rises to the top and then by their own fault or by their, by their own vice uh cause their own downfall so like a trash uh, uh a classic tragedy yes yeah. Uh, yeah they are basically i think also gangster movies tend to have like a strong um sort of like a bro code almost like every gangster family has their own rules they have their own little culture um there's some some twisted sense of honor almost that separates you know the mob family from the common criminals so to say yeah other than that more specifically related to the way that stories are told i think they're also often defined by these sudden bursts of very extreme violence and violence that is also often used as a narrative twist like some character is unexpectedly caught in like the crossfire or is unexpectedly betrayed by some other mobster person or whatever and so that's usually a thing that i uh, am on the lookout for whenever i start a, a gangster movie like does it yeah. have those uh that kind of elasticity um structure where you know the tension stretches and stretches and then suddenly it just bursts um i think uh, quentin tarantino once talked about that uh with regards to making uh inglorious bastards which has right. this you know right. a lot of these scenes that take a long time to build up they are very patient with building that tension and then when it uh bursts you know it bursts bloody and violently yeah other than that um as you said there's that wider world that these that the gangsters are situated within i think there's all that tends to be at least so far we've seen uh we'll talk about that with scarface too where the 
corruption of the gangsters or the corruption of the mob is uh, to some extent a reflection of the kind of corruption that exists in the legal side of it also in the police force in the governments uh, you know whatever the kind of the the non-criminal institutions um, are often shown to have the same kind of corruption present in it so in that sense the mob families are more like this dark mirror to our own society in some way yeah yeah so yeah i think that's in addition to what you said what uh so far as i can uh define it at this point um maybe maybe, maybe we'll our, get to some y- other stuff uh, along the way but yeah <laughs> maybe our definition will start to evolve i think it's interesting what you said about violence and that that made me think about how violence in the context of these movies is often the focus is often on like the sort of political violence within warring mm-hmm. gangs or within a gang's own uh, system so it's like you know in the godfather we see michael like killing other gangsters in order to um you know make moves and sort of like gain power and you might have like oh a hit is put out on a normal person that might get into the you know the territory but mostly like most of the violence at least in the two movies that we're looking at so far and i think a lot of movies in this genre most of the violence is going to be like a violence against other criminals or other gang members Mm. and that's something i think that really sets it apart from a lot of you know like true crime movies will tend to focus more on like this person they're not a part of a gang they're not the, the violence they're committing is against other is against like civilians or uh you know people out you know hapless victims or something um yeah that's not to say that gangsters don't commit violence against uh just everyday people but the focus of these movies tends to be sort of the like you know and so in that mm-hmm. regard they're almost they can sometimes almost be like somewhere between like a crime movie thriller and almost like a war film sometimes or like a you know Hmm. there there's this element about them that is the way violence happens is like yeah there's a different quality to it because it's treated almost like you know violence in war or something like that sometimes yeah i think that's also plays into some larger element that usually makes up the gangster movie specifically which is that unlike for example heist movies which are about right. breaking into some place or yeah. stealing some kind of external object like gangster movies are almost always about climbing some kind of social ladder so they're more right. like these political uh, or the stories are of a more political nature in that sense um and in some ways therefore less adventurous you know they're not fast and furious where you or james bond where you travel all over these exotic locations they're usually more uh slightly more contained although there's we've already saw uh seen exemption exceptions with that with the godfather which um stretches out you know between new york uh, uh some other places in south america i think it was or other places in america at least and sicily obviously and scarface too has some um variation in the kind of uh locations it presents but still it's it's still very much 
feeds into that purpose of, in this case, Tony Montana's place within his social system. Yes. And can he elevate himself or will he cause his own downfall? And anything that happens along the way in, kind of relates to that. Um, it's a very crude summary of what right, right. Scarface is about. Well, maybe that, that can launch us into Scarface because I think yeah. this is an interesting one to to uh, follow The Godfather with because uh, in some ways it's it's a very different movie. Um, you know, we've only we've only gone forward one decade in terms of the actual film here, but it feels yeah. like we've gone forward a, li- <laughs> a, a lifetime in terms of type mm-hmm. of movie. Um, mostly in part because you know the uh, um, Scarface is set much more contemporaneous to when it was made, whereas mm. uh, Godfather was you know, made in the seventies, but it's kind of set further back as a period piece. Um, so we're jumping ahead quite a bit, you know, more than a decade in time in terms of when these kind of stories are taking place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities here that, that you see, uh, you know, we follow a character Al Pacino's there, but <laughs> looking <Again>. nothing like <laughs> he does in The Godfather. And we're following a character's kind of rise to power and what that means for them. Both and immigrants as well. Or both, yeah, both immigrants. And Michael, I think, in the, or Michael Corleone is a, uh, what's the term for that? Like a, like his, his father was the immigrant, but so he's the child of the immigrant. Oh, he's first generation. He's a first generation yeah, yeah. Italian American. Yeah. Whereas Tony Montana is a direct, uh, yeah. he calls himself a, political refugee, refugee but, yeah yeah they're also both kind of giving some like social context for kind of the existence of the the crime i think the biggest difference um in my mind or the first thing that i notice is the godfather in the godfather we start at the top kind of inside mm-hmm. at the top with this powerful figure and then you have Michael coming in from the outside and coming into that place, but we we have this inside perspective, whereas uh, Scarface is much more of a bottom-up story. You have somebody who's a nobody in the crime world and kind yeah, of yeah. him finding his way into that. Um, so that was yeah. that, that's the first big difference, I think, that, that I noticed watching this. Yeah, I think in that sense, it's very much, it's a more direct... Uh, albeit some kind of uh, like a twisted version of the American dream where someone yes. can come in as a complete outsider, no ties whatsoever to the United States and still work his way upwards. Whereas um, I think in, in The Godfather, there's very much, it's more like The Lion King almost, where there's this sense <laughs> of predestination, you know, where yeah. to some extent Michael is already fated to become the Godfather to his or to have that godfather position within the family because, uh, you know, Fido Corleone was essentially like his Mufasa in some sense. Like there was some, like a sense of inheritance that was waiting for him, uh, clearly because his other brothers were unfit. So it was sort of, there's a kind of subtextually that feeling of destiny there, which um, isn't there in Scarface or as directly, you know, there's nothing in, Tony's story that suggests that he is fated to 
have some success either way in the United States or in whatever form. Besides the massive Pan-American blimp saying the world is yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that comes yeah, fairly that, late in the story, though. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, there's, the, the sense of destiny here is more, it's ingrained in United in the United States as a whole, like in the yes. idea of America, yeah, which everyone can uh, lay claim to in that sense. Um, so, yeah, then again, the blimp coming by, the world <laughs> yeah. is yours. Besides El Pacino playing a much more unlikable character i think than michael corleone but um yeah i think that's the 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 most interesting similarity is that there's these two uh outsiders even though they're each do it in their own way or each movie portrays it in their own way um showing someone coming coming in from the outside um climbing their way up and then um to some extent, having them cause their own downfall by breaking their own uh, code, essentially. You know, Michael mm-hmm. had this very uh, strict sense of um, not wanting to be a part of the family business, essentially, and slow or gradually he becomes more and more that which he does not want to be, at least not in the beginning. Um, I think there's something similar there with Tony Montana, but um, I think he really much uh, or very much causes his own tragedy through his own vices, really. Yeah. Like, I wrote it down, like, you know, if there's a, like, a code of conduct that the gangsters have in this movie, like, in The Godfather, we talked about it, there's very much this sense of honor and respect and friendship and loyalty. And... If you then move into the uh, move into Scarface, at the beginning there's this sense that okay, you know Tony understands he has to show loyalty, and then uh, he can climb his way up, and then um, the way he can do that is by having balls, as he says, to make his moves, and by having his word, you know, his word of honor to uh, through which that loyalty has some kind of meaning. Um, he obviously breaks that that word of honor um i think mostly when he at the point you know i'm guessing we're going to jump straight into spoilers here yeah yeah he initially he he comes to the in the united states he has this friend of his that knows a guy like this mobster like a you know mid-sized mobster that he initially works for and almost uses as a stepping stone to launch himself into success and i think it's when that you know, that stepping moment comes when he decides, like, I'm not going to work for him anymore. I'm going to work for myself. That's when he kind of breaks his own, uh, kind of essentially breaks the chains that were keeping him in check and that are now, after that, kind of set him loose, uh, making him more reckless, making him uh, getting high on his own supply and doing all the stuff that his old, you know, quote-unquote mentor sort of argued against. He was more of this keep it low-key, don't get high on your own supply type of dude. And, uh, you know, once Tony gets rid of him, that's also when all those boundaries seem to break apart. And that's um, when he eventually um, messes up and um, causes his own downfall, literally, as he... uh, Interestingly, though, he, he he the way he in which he screws up 
you know, mm-hmm. this is jumping to the end of the movie, basically, but it's relevant to what you're saying. The way he screws up is by having a having a standard or an ethical like boundary that is less than that of the people he's working for or with essentially um and kind of you know it's like he's the one who draws a hard line and he's like no we cannot kill a mother and children and mm-hmm. that's what ends up coming back to bite him uh at the end so i think it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's it, there's an interesting like dynamic there where you know he's willing to do whatever go you know to whatever length compromise in whatever way uh all the way up until this one point and then that's what gets him killed because Mm -hmm. you know he got he basically got involved with people who didn't have that kind of ethical moral boundary um and Mm -hmm. and and gets crossed by them yeah, that's I hadn't really considered it in that sense, but that's very interesting. I think there's also that you know, that idea then that once you meddle with like a little evil that you kind of open the door to greater evil and yes, then yeah. once you're not like ready for it, then uh that comes back to uh to, yeah. To, to yeah, do its reckoning. Makes me think of uh, there's a um, there's another movie by Ridley Scott which wasn't that well received but that also plays into those themes very well and that's the counselor. Oh yes, which yeah. is also a it's, I wouldn't say that's a gangster movie. I'd say that's more of a general-ish crime movie. But yeah, that that's for some reason that popped into my mind as you were talking about that. Um, it's a great movie, I think. Uh, definitely underrated and uh, worth checking out in uh, um, for these kinds of themes, at least. Yeah this this movie this movie is a much tougher one for me to wrap my mind around than The Godfather. <laughs> I think, in some ways, because what it's doing is a little bit more like we we haven't really talked about it, but like the shift from the seventies to the eighties and from Francis Ford Coppola to like brian de palma stylistically is also massive and this movie kind of like veers into this territory where you know there's a certain like restraint to like the character of michael and how the the mob is operating in Mm -hmm. in the godfather even when they're doing nasty violence it's in this way that has a certain kind of like poise to it like you know they're they're gonna go in and like shake your hand and then stab you you know casually mm-hmm. and like in this movie all it's like all bets are off you know it, we're, it, we've we've exploded into this sort of like uh, over the completely over the top like opulence um you know uh, i was thinking about how in the godfather the like the house that the family lives in, you know, is fairly modest compared to, uh, like the gangsters' houses we see here. Um, yeah, and it's just especially like especially towards the end. Especially towards the end, the big bathtub in a room that's all carpet floored, which right, yes, already instantly got me anxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was literally thinking about that while I was watching it. I was like, um. <laughs> he's going to have to change that carpet so frequently. But then I was like, I guess, you know, what's, 
what's paying 10 grand to like get the carpet swapped out if mm-hmm. you you know yeah. you're trying you're looking for stuff to spend your money on anyway yeah and there's like tigers chained up in the in the garden and yes sort of stuff. yeah yeah but i think like that is one way this movie really feels like a development on kind of uh in like the narrative of what the gangster the mob is within the context of america like i very much get this Mm. feeling watching scarface that it's like everything has gotten bigger louder more colorful more outrageous you know you know even more money and you know the 80s was kind of uh the height of this like you know wall street you know it's like uh capitalism was still fun right right yeah there's (laughs) there's this sequence where um tony's getting his like kind of business stuff set up and the Mm -hmm. way it's shot has this like this real like fun 80s montage kind of like Oh yeah, like it's almost like it's almost like a rocky training montage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doing wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just like laundering money and and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, I like the way that this movie is kind of just like embodying that spirit. You can feel it even in how the movie is like shot and how it's depicting everything. It's just like you know, mm-hmm. uh, just outrageously in excess with everything yeah. yeah there's also a very strong disconnect here between the more uh the type of mobsters that we saw in the godfather which were also like these embodiments of centuries old like traditions you know they're they're shown as i'm, I'm not sure if they're like religious religious or kind of just more performative religion religious you know, but at least, you know, they seem to care about the church. They seem to care about um, at least the, the, the practices of Christianity or uh, I'm not sure which. Uh, Catholicism. Type yeah, yeah. Catholicism, I think. Yeah. There's these strong, like, family ties, uh, which mean everything to these people and which are also the at the, at the root of, like, a lot of their conflicts, at least, uh, especially, like, back in Sicily, where it's repeatedly emphasize that you know these families are have been at war with each other for like forever um but compared to that when you look at tony montana like he comes into america at first even claiming that he doesn't even have a family you know that that all his family members are dead and it's only later that it is revealed that there's actually or that he actually does still have a mother and a sister and um but whereas in the godfather you know there's this the family is this cornerstone of the whole business and the thing that, you know, supposedly keeps the whole gangster world or the gangster empire together, even though it it obviously also leads to a lot of um, um, families, you know, being torn apart. You know, the uh, Michael killing his own brother, for example. But um, I, I thought it was interesting that in Scarface, there's immediately this sense of, you know, Tony comes to visit his mom after five years. He has some money, but he's basically like chased out of the house. Like it, it's immediately emphasized like that whatever world he exists in, there's no place for family there. It's just yeah, it that you know she makes it clear like that's a road to ruin. That's not anything that she wants to be a part of. And 
uh, her daughter or like Tony's sister, she does get like enticed by it to some extent, which also um, is what ends up, leads her into tragedy at the end, um, which only you know further emphasizes that this is not this world, you know, or, and whatever it represents is the complete like death of the family values as they used to know them at least you know maybe even uh, a little bit like they were shown in the godfather um you know the more slightly more pre-modern um pre-world war ii or slightly after pre you know capitalism basically um so yeah i think just to add like some maybe more sociological context there i think that's also an interesting transition that the god or that the scarface um demonstrates compared to the godfather is that it's now completely um unbound from these former family values these family ties these connections um completely unbound from like religious moral guidelines and as you said like now it's just all bets are off and there's no uh no boundaries whatsoever keeping the people in this world like in in check to some extent there's no more constraints there's no rules and except for the ones they um proclaim for themselves you know there's that the, the the first gangster boss sort of uh he had some rules but you know that doesn't save him either and then uh, uh as we talked about already like tony reaches uh finds his limit eventually but that also ends up casting him yeah um and yeah i i, I do kind of like how the movie just unabashedly leans into that it feels very much like a a product of its time like i'm i almost wonder like how it was received at the time because now it feels like this very vintage uh almost almost like a parody of like the 80s or everything right, that right. we <laughs> think about when we think of the 80s and um but when that movie came out it was obviously just you know a, a movie of that era right right um yeah it was part of it was part of the defining you know aesthetic of that time uh was movies like this but i mm-hmm. think it's like my feeling is that, in a sense, it is it is a product of its time, but it's also quite self aware. I think in in what it's doing, where it's like the the way it's portraying uh, Tony Montana, especially towards the end. You know, it, my memory of this, my memory of this movie, because I'd I'd seen this one before, and so coming into this again, I was like, oh, this will be one where when we talk about it, maybe this will tip more into that territory where I'll be like, okay, is this getting into that zone of like glorifying the gangster a little bit and glorifying Mm -hmm. the crime? Um, And maybe there's a little bit of that here, but I ultimately didn't really end up feeling that much more of that with this movie than I did with The Godfather. Um, And I think part of that is like, in some ways you know, Tony Montana is more exalted. Like there's some moments where it's like, you know, you're rip, you're taking a page out of like, you know, the internet alpha male, like, Ooh, machismo, you know, kind of (laughs) playbook or whatever. Uh, and you could see like 
you could see some of some people maybe latching onto that in this character and being like, oh yeah, it's his, it's his just like charisma and confidence that, that takes him to the top or whatever. But very quickly, like we get so deep into the territory of like him being depicted as just like literally the most miserable human being alive where he's just like, Mm -hmm. he hates everything. He like just sits there. He's drunk. He's like, you know, like he's destroyed everything in his life that he even cared about. It's like the, the picture of like the fall in this movie, I think is, is much hard. I mean, we eventually maybe get that played out over all three of the Godfather films to some degree, but like specifically more so than the first Godfather film, like the picture of the fall here is much harsher than, uh, than I think Mm -hmm. you get, from from some of these movies um so yeah i don't know like i think like it is i don't know it it didn't feel like as much of a uh, movement into just like the even with the style of the film into yeah almost that territory where we're making it look cool it's like i mean you kind of have that that shootout at the end or these moments where it's like yeah you know but like (laughs) <laughs> I don't know like that's directly up against just like like the utter despair of what his character yeah. looks like surrounding that uh so I don't know I think that was that was interesting that like that stuck in my head uh you know those moments stuck in my head more than the other images but mm-hmm. they're both there for sure in this movie I think yeah I, th- I think in that sense even the time that has passed since this movie came out only made it or made it sort of glorifying elements um, less effective right yeah because it's it's so much rooted in a very particular style of opulence and right right you know look at these portable telephones or whatever <laughs> right. super the super rich only and which when you look at it now it adds a layer of ridiculousness like the, the kind of wealth that uh, Tony Montana acquires, like, and the way he spends it, the way he kind of gives gives shape to his uh, riches, yeah, that's not like the way we would do that today. Like, at least mostly not. Whereas The Godfather is more rooted in these uh, centuries-old, like, more long-form or like timeless traditions, uh, which uh, also carry like a longer. Uh, relevance uh, into the future in that sense you know there's this more like archetypal sense of uh, demeanor and you know suits but not like anything flashy like <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at it Wayne Scarface they all have their, their colors like really yeah, yeah. wide and it's this very particular way of dressing that was I'm guessing was hip in that time but then quickly fell out of fashion not long after and so you get this really specific idea of wealth and uh and of riches and fame and of what it means to be at the top but i th- i feel like the further we move a- away from that specific time it the more it becomes that um almost f- uh like a parody of itself right right and yeah i i also agree that um that the fall in this one feels harder i think it's also because as we talked about earlier you know because he is so unbound from 
any other uh, connections or values outside of his specific gangster world that there's also a much stronger feeling of emptiness when you know when the downfall comes around or at least when he reaches the top and you, you get the sense that it's it's not giving him anything also i like the way he basically had no game with uh michelle pfeiffer's character and <laughs> yeah. actually had to force her almost to uh, marry her or that you know not force but you know he has this philosophy like first you have to get uh money then you get power and then you get the women and you know i think uh, michelle pfeiffer um what's her elvira is her character's name yeah i think she's you know a pretty complicated character in her own right um but she does eventually fall for uh, or in that sense seems to confirm like Tony's view of life that he has to achieve all these things and then he gets the lady because you know that is how it plays out but um, at the same time it's also immediately clear that this is a complete like sham of a marriage that there's nothing there's no respect no real respect for Tony in that sense so he gets he, he thinks he gets what he what he wanted but it he also has the realization that it's still she she that she doesn't care for tony any more than she did at the very beginning it's now that just she's leeching off him because she has her own issues and uh i guess her own dependencies that make her want to be with with a guy like that or make uh, make it feel like for her this is worth this is worth it you know um whereas tony maybe at first believe that once he gets those things those things he genuinely gets like some kind of love from her that uh she isn't extending to him at the beginning and then later he realizes that that's just not not the case at all and um ironically like the only guy who actually does find real love is that friend of his who yeah manny uh yeah. marries his uh Mary's Tony's sister, which also ends in tragedy, I'm guessing to some extent because Tony just cannot comprehend that there might be genuine love at the level that they're at or the kind of um, the world that they exist in doesn't allow for that kind of love. And so he yeah. must, he assumes that he's, that his friend is kind of doing the same thing to his sister that he knows like deep down that he's doing to his wife. That would sort of explain that uh, his reaction to finding out that they are together and then uh, shooting him uh, and also causing like his uh, sister to go into this uh, crazy spiral. Right, right. There's also a very strange uh, like like subtextual like thematic exploration there where it's like or it comes into the text at the end where she's hmm. she comes into the room at the end of the film uh, after after Tony's killed Manny. Um, but there's this element of like her being the object of his desire or this thing that he's trying to protect. And I think like what is trying to be said through the script and with that thing is like, is that just a weird like, oh, incestual like, Thing that they're just tossing in there with mm -hmm. his character i don't think so you could maybe read it that way but i think it's yeah. much more potentially a statement about like what he there's this like 
unconscious desire deep down that he has is much more for this like rooted actual connection with like his own like familial world and like the culture that he comes from and like a genuine connection with someone maybe like his sister uh Mm -hmm. that manny is has and like he has completely like destroyed any possibility of having that in his like pursuit of utter greed um and so there's these like there's this conflict in him and also this self-hate and this self-loathing where it's like his sister is entering this world that he went into like completely unapologetically but he sees that as like tarnishing her and so it's like mm-hmm. in some way he's trying to like you know it's like projecting some sense of innocence from himself onto her and then trying to like protect that it's like a it's a very dark like uh strange thing yeah there's 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 a very weird dynamic there i think with how their relationship is is kind of used in the film yeah that last part of what you said that was also kind of my reading of it that he he mentions when he first sees her again that it's been five years so she the last time he saw her she was still like this child and to him probably like this uh, embodiment of innocence and purity Um, and you know when he goes into this world which he sees as corrupt and you know he's given plenty of reasons to see it as so because it's not just all the gangsters that betray each other like all the other warring families like there's the uh, or not not exactly families, but more like gangs. Um, and even the police uh, are also shown as corrupt, essentially, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, same as, you know, with The Godfather to some extent. And so, you know, he does, you know, in his mind, I, I think he feels like he works his way up into a position of power in order also to protect, like, that last bit of innocence that he still holds on to from... Um, you know, his own youth maybe, and maybe also just the only thing that he genuinely sees as pure. Um, But then obviously all this plays out in some kind of patriarchal corruption where he's just not seeing his sister as a human, but just as a, almost as a property that, you know, like, like this, uh, like, like safe in which he has stored his own, feeling of innocence or his own projection of innocence and then he doesn't want anyone to touch it because you know that's from the very beginning that's what he constantly repeats like don't let anyone near my sister don't let anyone touch her you know who's that guy going or dancing with her i'm gonna go beat him up or (laughs) whatever um so yeah i think that's you know again a very twisted vision of you know who his sister is supposed to be or who right. she is allowed to be in his view. Um, it, it's obviously, it's all projection, like very dominant, very uh, dehumanizing even, I'd say, to some extent. And ultimately uh, kind of pointless as he still, you know, ends up ruining the very thing that he probably wanted to protect the most. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's the whole point also of these... Uh, these movies to some extent that um just this kind of life ultimately ends up 
corrupting like every it, you know it spreads out corrupts everything you want to protect from it in the first case or the the thing that you thought you could keep separated from it um that ends up being damaged or hurt in the same way that michael initially wants to keep his wife out of the, the family business and then ends up completely ruining his relationship and even um as she commits or does like an abortion at the end uh even ruins like the uh his potential or the, the his desire for a successor um so he ends up ruining his own business to some extent too yeah yeah that that'll be an ongoing theme i think throughout yeah. all of these movies pretty much is the way the way women are depicted is like emblematic of the sort of like world that these movies are depicting or trying to convey and so it's like pretty much every gangster film is in some way like exploring this at least the american gangster ones a lot of the ones we're going to be talking about are exploring this like Mm -hmm. crime world that in some way relates to a vision of masculinity or like masculinity a certain vision of masculinity is like a part of that world or this like idea of patriarchy or at very minimum there's like this intense double standard of like the men are allowed to do the crimes the women must be kept you know in the dark and innocent there's this very strange dynamic and so it's like a lot of the films i think a lot of these movies we'll be talking about and this one in particular like is is also an example of that the godfather as well where um you know, you have to explore that dynamic, I think, in an honest way in order yeah. to explore this topic. But also there's this effect where I think sometimes, I mean, this happens in not just gangster movies, so it's not just a problem relegated to these movies. But sometimes mm-hmm. in the in doing that, you you relegate those the women in the movies to the sidelines as well yeah, um, yeah. and don't like maybe flesh them out or humanize them as much as they could be. Um, you know, I think, you know, that's hard territory to navigate. Um, that's one of the things that I really love uh, about The Sopranos, which is a television show. It has a little bit more room to do hmm. things than than a movie does. I still haven't seen that one. It explores this dynamic, you know, the, the, the dynamic of, how this world kind of plays out uh, mm-hmm. in a gendered way. Um, but because it has time, it like kind of lets the women in that show exist as like fully formed, fully fleshed out characters where we kind of get a little bit more of a glimpse into sort of like the dynamics in their own life that lead to them interacting with, you know, men who are involved in organized crime or mm-hmm. interacting with organized crime in their own way. I think Alvira, Michelle's Pfeiffer character in this movie, is a great example of that where, like, she is a great character. I think, like, the way she's performed, you can feel the backstory. Like, you can feel the complexity and the nuance to her character. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of understand in the subtext a little bit of, like, the complexity of why she's in the situation she's in. But we we never get to see or understand any of that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that's a little bit the nature of these movies. It would be a very different movie if you made one centered on a like mob boss's wife 
and it just followed mm-hmm. her character the entire time. I kind of kind of would watch that. If there's one out there, yeah. let me know. I don't I don't I'm know of to, any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of movies that you know, obviously in, in television shows it's easier to explore multiple characters and their interrelations, but in in movies it's harder to kind of uh have those you know, have a truly like multi perspective um, yeah. uh, approach that fleshes out each character um with that same kind of uh, depth right um but yeah I'm, I'm just also trying not just movies that would center a more female perspective within the mobster life but also just that uh, even if they are portrayed as being kind of on the sidelines or being sidelined by the business that they still movies that still show a more fleshed out perspective in that in that sense yeah yeah I think we'll come so, yeah. back. We'll come back to this discussion when we spoiler alert get to the uh, the Irishman uh, oh, potentially yeah. later on in this this series because um, mm-hmm. that's that's a movie that has both been criticized for how it uses the women in that movie, but also I think actually might do a pretty good job of like depicting almost using the female gaze in that movie to a, in a in a certain way. Um, mm. I don't know that that movie is where I think the way the the presence of the women in that movie is used in a very unique and interesting way. Um, so we'll come back to this, I'm sure, at, at some point. But yeah. I think it's just it's it's an it's a notable aspect of these films is that like, you know, you kind of have these different. These different female figures who are like you have the Michelle Pfeiffer character in this or the the mob boss's wife who's just kind of like either intentionally or unintentionally like is blind to what's going on and is just trying to like get what she mm-hmm. can out of the situation and then you kind of have these other tropes of like the woman as like the judgmental gaze which is like the the mother that we have here or like you know innocence being destroyed or an object of abuse or something like that. We get that in the Godfather as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there's, there's these different, there's these different tropes with the, the, the female characters in gangster films and they get used in different ways. So I don't know if I have yeah. anything that like, uh, insightful to say about it for now, at least, but yeah. I think it's I think worth, that was pretty insightful. It's really, worth but... putting a pin yeah. in and, and noting as something yeah. that's a part of the genre. If you're in the discord, let us know more movies that, uh, tackle this subject with um, a little bit more depth or yeah uh, that offers some kind of insight that we that doesn't tend to be found as much within uh, this genre it's it's one of those those weird things too where if you made a movie like that um where it was like centered on the the women more directly you would kind of have to break the the genre because part of the part of the like genre itself is about following this like this like certain archetype of masculine success and it's like so (laughs) in order to even in order to even like deal with this subject this aspect of like the genre differently you kind of have to like break the whole genre yeah Uh, which is why i think maybe it'd be an interesting uh movie movie to make Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of the discussion we had on Indiana Jones, where you talk about the right, right, 
breaking away from the the sort of colonial subtext of going into exotic countries to steal away treasure right uh and if you you know how how can you truly subvert that without kind of shaping up or changing up that yeah the the whole premise um Scarface definitely didn't do that yet. I think this right. is still we're still in the era where tropes were being established um, yeah. more than they were being subverted. I think we'll get to more like subversive elements um, at the turn of the century, like more going into the 21st century. I think that, especially the early 21st century, I think is a really interesting time where a lot of these tropes were being um, kind of reflected upon and you know, directly or indirectly commented on, or um, that's also why I'm still not sure which which movie would be the, right. the best pick for the the zeros decade. Yeah. So um, definitely hit me with your best arguments in the yeah, <laughs> Discord yeah. for that. Yeah, if you have a suggestion um, for the 2000s, uh, let yeah. us know in the Discord. Uh, we have a few ideas, but we we haven't narrowed it down yet. Yeah, last week my my girlfriend she was out of town, so. Uh, I had the whole house to myself, so obviously that meant uh, gangster movies. And <laughs> watching gangster movies, uh, rewatching a lot of gangster yeah. movies uh, from morning to midnight, basically. Yeah, it's the uh, the, the rock star life of the the YouTuber. It's not for everyone, but <laughs> <laughs> were you watching them in a huge marble bathtub surrounded by carpet? <laughs> I wish <laughs> with uh, on a on a television with like. I think it has you like, could probably watch a movie before that bathtub was even filled. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I was just sitting on my uh, secondhand uh, couch, which yeah. um, somewhat uh, adapts to my shape at this point. Right. So it's pretty comfy. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I can think of that I really um, wanted to touch on with this movie is the way I think it kind of you can tell Oliver Stone had a uh, had a hand in in writing this. It's a little mm. bit, it's definitely there as subtext in uh, the Godfather, but this movie is a little bit more tapped in directly to this vein of like connecting, sort of like capitalistic greed and money and the and you know kind of you can almost see the like photos on the wall with the string between it where like it's like tony montana goes to the you know the bolivian drug cartels goes to the u.s government and then there's that one room where like they get everybody together and there's like oh there's a guy from washington here and you've got Mm -hmm. you know uh the the scenes where in in the godfather it's like oh the dirty cop was he was involved with the other nastier gang that was doing the drug stuff and like the 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 corleone family they were more kind of quote-unquote pure within the gangster ethic and you know they weren't they they weren't as involved in that shady world um but then we move into this movie and it's like we're exploring that more directly where you know not only is the cop you know in there with the gangsters but he's like directly like manipulating them trying to get one killed and like uh, you know it goes all the way to the top uh so i think you know the this movie's like view is is slightly more expanded in terms of how it's like connecting kind of this world to just like society as a whole um 
so i thought i thought that was interesting yeah i agree with that the only other thing i'll, I'll mention about brian de palma which i thought was really interesting is that i also rewatched his movie the untouchables Mm -hmm. uh, which was also from the 80s and which we also considered um, for this episode or for this decade. Um, but rewatching that one, I, I felt like that one felt more dated than Scarface did. Interesting. In many ways. Yeah. Um, I feel like they, they are two like different sides of the same coin almost where, you know, Scarface is very much centered on the vice element, you know, the, the yeah. gangster, whereas the untouchables are more from the police's perspective and specifically also the good police within a corrupted system. So more of like the virtue side, but watching that movie today, like it, it has, for example, it has a very great soundtrack by Ennio Morricone, but I don't think it fit that story very much. If you right. watch that movie now, it feels more like Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jonesy, uh, even though it recounts a very real story of like Al Capone and the prohibition and police corruption and police violence. Um, and there's also very much this element of, um, I think what is, has come to be known as copaganda, where it's very much um, portraying or, um, you know, almost advocating for this perspective in which the police should be able to use more force and, outside of like their own uh, judicial rights. You know, they should be like this elevated, almost like a vigilante-ish level right. of uh, power or that they should be given that kind of power in order to combat, you know, the more the corruption that the gangsters pose, which is an interesting perspective. But, you know, as the decades went on, I think it's also become an obviously... Uh, troubling one or like at least a contagious one so that's it, it's still a fun movie i enjoyed watching it but i um i was surprised that i liked scarface more on rewatch when i used to uh, or i saw both movies years ago uh, for the first time and i remember back then liking the untouchables more yeah i feel like time hasn't been as kind to that one um as it has been to scarface which you know because i think Scarface just works because it's so wrapped up in its own era that it's become like this relic of it that we can now enjoy right. as this this artifact of the 80s, you know, almost like the quintessential 80s movie. But yeah, while we're on the subject of other gangster movies from the 80s, I think uh, we also have to mention the other great gangster epic from this decade, which is um, uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Mm-hmm. Also really long, four hours-ish. But I feel like the reason we didn't go for that one is because I feel like that movie covers so much more than just a simple mob story. I feel like that's very much a story um, that it just expands beyond the, the, the kind of the mobster life and that rise and fall. And um, it's a great movie. I think it's a better movie than Scarface in, in that sense, but it's... It, for our purposes here, I think Scarface was uh, was the way to go for the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Scarface fits fits well within sort of the the trajectory that that we're examining. Um, no, but yeah, uh, should we tease? Should we tease next week's uh, next week's episode? Is this one that I'm very 
excited about uh the 90s yeah uh, is a great era also for gangster film and we start getting into the territory of one of my favorite directors uh mm-hmm. period much less favorite you know yeah. and he, doesn't, he doesn't even have like one great <laughs> yes <movie> yeah <laughs> <in this decade. laughs> multiple <laughs> we could have we could have done this series and done half of the movies just from from this uh from this director yeah. so maybe we don't even have to say it if you know you know uh come back next week for yeah for one of one of my favorite movies maybe period so it, yeah. i'm looking forward to i've only seen it once so i'm looking forward to re-watching that uh so I, if you i've heard you talk about it a lot yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to uh, get back into it it's 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 a favorite of mine we'll be going back yeah. well i feel like we'll be we've jumped ahead in time now and then we'll be going back a little bit and filling in the gap between Godfather and Scarface, I think, but uh, hmm. but not necessarily taking a step back in terms of the progression of the gangster hmm. film itself. Yeah, tune we'll in. See. Tune in next next week. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, come hang out with us on our Discord server. You can find the link for that in the description or the show notes or uh, wherever you're listening or watching this. We appreciate your support. Thank you for watching this week's episode and uh, we'll see you again hopefully in the next one.